It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Janice Dean. I'm Brett Baer. I'm Martha McCallum, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, September 23rd, 2022. I'm Eben Brown. Russia is nowhere near defeating Ukraine, and because of that, it is ready to fight more, no matter how much it costs them, even if it means rounding up old men to fight. There are buses picking up middle-aged men across the country and taking them to training facilities, where according to local reports, they may only get one to two weeks of training before being thrown into battle as cannon fodder. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at BrianKilmeadeShow.com. Russia, and more specifically Vladimir Putin, is still red in the face over being bested in a major battle in its war on Ukraine in Kharkiv, where the Ukrainians sent Russia's military ditching and running. And now, at this past week's U.N. General Assembly, Putin is promising escalation, drafting more fighters, and insisting nuclear weapons are not out of the question. The Ukrainians have changed the momentum of this war. They launched a massive counteroffensive a few weeks ago in the Kharkiv region. Kharkiv is Ukraine's second largest city. Fox News correspondent Trey Yingst has been covering this war since the first shots were fired. He joins us again from Kiev. And they were able to take back critical territory from the Russians, territory that was used by Russian forces to supply other frontline troops. And they are rapidly making these gains in a way that caught the Russian soldiers on their heels. And so it raises the question about what Vladimir Putin does next. And this is a city now, the capital of Kiev, that has to prepare for a multitude of possibilities. Vladimir Putin could escalate this war. He could start to strike cities like Kiev and Kharkiv even heavier from the ground and from the air. He could use a tactical nuclear weapon. And it's something that a year ago, had we discussed this, would have seemed out of the realm of possibilities. But given recent statements by President Putin of Russia, it certainly is on the table for the Russians. And he also could make a decision to use a country like Belarus to launch another ground operation in the northern part of this country. So there's a lot to think about for Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky and his top officials who are around him in this city. But what's interesting about the capital now is that it has largely gone back to some sense of normalcy. There are far more people here than when you and I last spoke last time we were on the ground in Ukraine. There are shops and restaurants open, much like there were in the days leading up to this war. And so this is a country that's trying to continue with life and It has been devastated by this war and this conflict that continues to unfold. But the sense you get on the ground in Kiev in the streets is that people are united, they are patriotic, and they are prepared to support those frontline soldiers that are taking back this territory from the Russians. There are a couple of uh, things that we need to talk about. Vladimir Putin's uh, veiled threat of nuclear warfare. This is not something that should be glossed over by anybody. Uh, This has sort of been, I think, for many, the fear all along that he would resort to these uh, uh, these types of weapons. 
that would not only be destructive both from a, a human toll and an infrastructure toll, but I think that the the geopolitical waves from this would be enormous. I mean, it would really put the entire world on edge because it's a, it's a nuclear weapon. Yeah, and that is really the biggest concern when you look at the escalation ladder of this conflict is that Vladimir Putin holds the ability to take this war to a whole nother level that would ultimately drag NATO, the United States, into a conflict that at this point has no end in sight. I don't want to say it's rare, but it is certainly uncommon to have global conflicts of our era that have absolutely no negotiations going on behind the scenes, that have no attempt at getting any sort of peace deal. And that is the situation right now on the ground. There are no talks taking place. There are some prisoner swaps that have taken place, and those are all mediated through third parties. But the Ukrainians and the Russians are not sitting down together trying to hammer out the details of a ceasefire or a peace deal. It's simply not happening. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has been very clear. It is Ukraine or death. And that message has been delivered to the generals, it has been delivered to the soldiers, and it has been delivered to the civilians in Ukraine that this country will fight to the death if it has to, to protect the sovereignty of Ukraine. And certainly they have been. The the Ukrainian losses have been absolutely uh, staggering, uh, as have, have the Russians. Uh, and if anything, the... the this war continues to highlight the resolve, I think, of the Ukrainian people and their their fighters. Uh, it has also highlighted the uh, perhaps incompetence of the Russian leadership and maybe down to the soldier level uh, because uh, they have not been able to take this country as quickly as they thought they would. They, they really thought that they would have had this wrapped up in a matter of weeks, if anything. And now it's to the point that uh, Vladimir Putin is not letting males of fighting age, even older, leave the country or, or go anywhere where they can't be found. Uh, They're calling up uh, what I guess would be the equivalent of reserves, but they don't seem to be volunteers, really, or or not, not all that enthusiastic. Let's talk about the Russian side of things. They are, they're scaling up. Uh, you know, put the nuclear weapon aside for a second. Uh, they, uh, they, meaning Vladimir Putin, they want to put more people with guns on the ground in Ukraine. This week, Putin announced a partial mobilization of forces and said publicly that 300,000 reservists would be called up to, over time, serve in this war that's taking place right now in Ukraine. The images that we have seen since he made that announcement earlier in the week look actually far worse for the Russian people, and the resistance looks far worse for Putin himself. When you look at what's happening, there are buses picking up middle-aged men across the country and taking them to training facilities where, according to local reports, they may only get one to two weeks of training before being thrown into battle as cannon fodder. Now, Western military analysts say it would take months to properly train these men who have no military experience in most cases, but it appears the Russians are handing them weapons and helmets and saying, all right, head to Ukraine. And so this is taking place very quickly, almost immediately after the partial mobilization was announced, started to come out. This was clearly prepared in advance. These notices were prepared to give out to men in Russia. 
And that's one side of the equation. The other side of the equation is how the population in Russia is responding. There have been mass protests in Russia's largest cities, like Moscow and St. Petersburg. And the Russians aren't used to seeing this level of pushback on this specific military operation. There have not been wide-scale demonstrations. At the beginning, there were some demonstrations against the war, but they have not persisted throughout the conflict. And so more than 1,400 people were arrested in these demonstrations. That paired with the images of people leaving by car and on foot at borders where they can to countries like Finland, all indicators that Putin is losing some level of popular support for this conflict. We are speaking with Fox News correspondent Trey Yinkst, who is once again reporting from the Ukrainian capital of Kiev. On the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition, we'll have more straight ahead. What would these uh, protests really accomplish? Uh, Vladimir Putin does not look like someone who is easily swayed by public opinion. It's a great question, and the reality is not much. I mean, this is a person who has ordered troops to invade a sovereign country, to illegally annex territory that has allowed Russian soldiers to commit war crimes, to burn villages, to to rape women, and to slaughter civilians. They are still finding mass graves in this country, burial sites that have soldiers and civilians, and there are signs of torture, people with hands tied behind their back and executed. And This part of our conversation, it's difficult to talk about. It's something that, as listeners here, may make them cringe. But that's what's happening. It is the largest ground war in Europe since World War II. This is the largest mobilization of forces for Russia since World War II. This is a generational conflict, a -a once-in-a-generation conflict that is taking place right now. And it is highlighting some of the worst of humanity. And unfortunately, it plays out most often on the bodies of Ukrainian civilians who have suffered so heavily amid this war. You uh, mentioned the mass graves that have been found. There are certainly evidence of of more than one killing field. Uh, The UN's uh, Independent Commission for Inquiry on Ukraine has certainly concluded that war crimes have been committed. Who gets held accountable for the for these? It's one thing to hold uh, low-level military officers uh, for these types of things, but ultimately, at some point, someone says the old line: "I was just following orders." So, where, how exactly do you prosecute these? How do you hold Russia accountable for them? Uh, what's the the thinking on that? Unfortunately, as we have seen with past conflicts, it can take decades, if ever for people to be held accountable. There are still people from the 1940s being held accountable for their actions in World War II. And I think the fear for so many Ukrainians is that eventually the conflict will end, even if it takes years to do so, and that the world could move on or to to forget. We already know the attention for the world is not at the level it was back at the end of February when this conflict began. And so it's unclear right now the mechanisms to properly hold people accountable and exactly who those people would be. Uh, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky made an address in one of his nightly addresses this week, and he said that Vladimir Putin himself must be held accountable. But that's easier said than done, and it's something the world has found out the hard way. 
as the war continues and Putin still able to remain in power, mobilize more forces to come and to illegally invade a neighboring country. Trey Yinkst, our Fox News correspondent, once again reporting from Kiev in Ukraine. Thank you for being with us on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.